Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, invites you to be the informed patient with the podcast that features experts from Central New York's only academic medical center. I'm your host, Amber Smith. As the weather in Central New York gets warmer, ticks and mosquitoes become more active, and so do humans and their pets. Because ticks and mosquitoes can transmit disease, it's important to know how to protect yourself and your loved ones. I'm talking with Dr. Saravanan Thangamani. He's a professor of microbiology at Upstate who specializes in medical entomology and vector-borne diseases, and he leads a very popular laboratory devoted to tick testing. Welcome to The Informed Patient, Dr. Thangamani. Oh, thank you, Amber. Why is it that ticks and mosquitoes are likely to be more prevalent in central New York this season? Well, there are first uh, two things I want to kind of mention is that mosquitoes are active in our area from April to October. And during this time, mosquitoes, you know, look to lay eggs in slow-moving or standing water. And uh, as far as the ticks are concerned, they are active throughout the year. As you know, so, I mean, you have different type of ticks that are, that can be active even in winter as well. Um, it's just that they lay under the uh, you know, leaf litter, shielded from harsh winter, but as soon as the ground thaws, they come out. So um, that actually segues to the next thing, why we are seeing more ticks and mosquitoes or why we will be seeing more ticks and mosquitoes this season is that the first culprit is the climate change. You know, climate change impacts human health by increasing the vector-borne diseases. So when I say vector, it's a vector is an organism such as ticks or mosquitoes that can transmit a pathogen that can cause disease to human or animals. The climate change, in a way, alter the condition of the biology of the vector, biology of the tick or a mosquito, and also the pathogen they carry. Uh, for example, the development and survival of ticks and the animal hosts such as deer and the bacteria that causes Lyme disease are strongly influenced by climatic factors, especially temperature, precipitation, and humidity. And also the rising global temperatures can lengthen the season and the geographic range of these vectors. Uh, the reason being is that warmer average temperature means longer warm season. So when I say longer warm season, it means earlier spring, shorter and milder winters and hotter summers. And these conditions are perfectly suitable for mosquitoes and ticks and the pathogens they transmit to perpetuate. And so overall, you know, we are seeing rising temperatures and that's one reason why I'm, I'm actually thinking that this year we will see more tick and mosquito borne disease emergence in New York. Do they prefer warm and dry weather or warm and wet weather or does it matter that much? Uh, that's a very good question. Warm and dry are good for, you know, away ticks. Warm and wet is good for mosquitoes. So it is a, a caveat, you know, like mosquitoes like to lay eggs nearby water bodies. So they require more moist, wet environment. And ticks, on the other hand, they like to have more humidity, but they don't want it to be too overtly, you know, wet. So there is a little bit of biology there, but at the end of the day, the climate change impacts or in increases the abundance of both mosquitoes and ticks. Are there things that people can do around their homes to reduce ticks and mosquitoes? Uh, absolutely. These are all preventable diseases. Personal protective measures are, uh, are imperative uh, to prevent us from getting mosquito bites or tick bites. As, but obviously, you have to take different measures for 
mosquito and different measures for ticks. Uh, for in the case of mosquitoes, you know, I would recommend that they should use screens on windows and door, repair holes in the screens to keep mosquito outdoors. So you don't want any mosquitoes to come inside your house. And also use air conditioning if it's available, so that's not conducive for the mosquitoes. And also the most important thing is to stop mosquitoes from laying eggs in or near the water. So my recommendation would be to once a week empty or scrub or turn over uh, items at cold water, such as tires or buckets, planters, toys, pools, bird box, flower pots, and trash containers. And now I would always check for water holding containers, both indoor and outdoor. And then you, all you have to do is to flip it upside down so that the water doesn't stay there. If the water is there, the mosquitoes would like to land on it and lay eggs on it. And the eggs will then hatch into larvae inside the water because they have perfect organic uh, material in those water. And the larvae become pupae, pupae will emerge into adult and they will start to fly around and probably you know, feed on, on the humans that are in the house. Those are the easy things for the mosquitoes uh, in terms of how we can prevent mosquito bites, you know, considering the, where they live. For the ticks, again, we had to create a, a tick still safe zone to reduce, you know, particularly deer ticks. You know, we had to remove the leaf litter, clear tall grasses and brush uh, around homes and at the edge of the lawns. It would be best to provide a three feet wide barrier, white chips or gravel between lawns and wooded areas to restrict tick migration into recreational areas, mow the lawn frequently. There are multiple other things that if you go to CDC slash ticks, they provide a, a, a lot of information on how one can actually keep their uh, yard tick free. But there are chemicals available that one can use to prevent the mosquito tick bites. You know, most common ones are the use of tick or mosquito repellents. They can apply on themselves or on their clothing material before they actually go out. There are several chemical-based uh, repellents are available. The most popular ones are the DEET-based or the oil of lemon eucalyptus-based. Let me ask you, are there pesticide products to put on the yard, though, so that a person doesn't have to, you know, put the chemical on their body? Is there something you can spray on your yard that works to get rid of ticks? Yes, they are available. So you can use perimetrine-based uh, products to spray your yard. And so that will actually keep the mosquitoes and ticks away or in a way they, in upon contact, they will die. Uh, so you can do that. Um, but again, perimetrine products are sensitive for skin. So one has to be careful when applying to the yard. And I've also heard that bats like to eat mosquitoes. I don't know if that's really true, but... If it is, would it work to put a bat house in your yard to attract bats? It's uh, partially true. So bat houses are good to provide a safe environment for bats. Uh, Insect-eating bats or insectivore bats, um, you know, when they roost on these bat houses, you know, they can protect the yard from pest insects like mosquitoes, moth, and beetles. However, they are less effective at reducing the mosquito uh, burden on a daily basis. On the other hand, we need to be careful about having bats in our backyard because they can carry deadly you know, pathogens that can cause disease to humans. Well, um, I appreciate the tips that you gave about making the yard a little safer. If someone has dogs, are they going to be at higher risk of getting ticks in their home if the dog goes outside and brings the ticks in with them? Pets and dogs, I consider them as tick magnets. So we have to be more vigilant if we have a dog that goes 
into the yard and play or goes off the trail and come back, they always bring ticks on themselves. So we have to do tick check on the dogs and probably shower on a regular basis on the dog to uh, look for any ticks that are crawling or attached to them. All right. If a human makes it a habit when they come indoors to shower, wash their hair after they've been out hiking or something, is that going to be enough to dislodge the ticks or do they still need to, you know, go through their hair carefully? They have to go through their hair carefully because if the ticks are crawling on them, showering is great, but the ticks already attached to the skin, then the shower is not going to help. They still have to look and they still have to go manually use some fine, you know, tweezers to pull the ticks. They still have to do tick check on their body. Do ticks attach themselves to clothing? Because I wonder how important it is to shake the clothing off once you come in, or, or maybe you shouldn't do that because you may be shaking ticks off. Well, I think that uh, you, if you want to shake, you can shake it outside the home. I would say not inside because whatever ticks that are crawling on the surface of the clothing material will drop off there. So you don't want to have, um, you know, ticks in your home. So the best thing is I tell people, don't shake off the dress. Just take off the dress, put directly into the dryer or washer. So if any ticks are still crawling uh, or in, hiding in the seams, they will die when you put them into the uh, washer or dryer. This is Upstate's The Informed Patient Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Dr. Saravanan Thangamani. He's a professor of microbiology at Upstate and an expert in ticks. If you have a tick you want to send in for analysis, go to his website, nyticks.org. That's N-Y-T-I-C-K-S dot O-R-G. So there are instructions on your website, but let me ask you to go over with us how people need to submit a tick that they pull from themselves or their dog. What are the steps they need to take? The first step is that um, pull the tick very carefully and use, you know, a blunt end tweezers. I know sometimes, you know, people use sharpened tweezers, but you know, depending on the location where the tick is attached, you may want to use a blunt end tweezer. Just go right underneath where the tick is attached onto the, the skin and then gently pull upwards with gentle pressure. Once you pull the tick, and then you sanitize the area where the tick was attached and then put the tick on a moist towel, hold it, and then put it inside a Ziploc bag and send it to us. Our lab is providing free Ziploc bags with printed information on uh, how to ship it, how to pack it, and send it to the lab. So once you put the tick inside the Ziploc bag, go to our website, nyticks.org, click on the tick submission tab, and provide the information about where you found the tick and what date you found the tick, because we use that information for scientific analysis. So once you provide that information and you complete the form, we then give you a unique tick ID for the tick that you kind of submitted. And we advise you to submit this form, one tick per form, and also one tick per Ziploc bag, so that we can actually track which tick carry which pathogens. And then and we provide information on our Ziploc bags, where to send it. Once you send it to the lab, uh, we then send an acknowledgement email to you as soon as uh, we receive the tick in the lab. And then it takes about three to five days for us to process each tick. And once the uh, tick processing is done, tick testing is done, we then send a, send a result email to the submitter. So for that reason, if anyone wants the results to be sent back to them, they need to provide an email address to us because we do not send the results via post. We only send by email. 
So can someone obtain your Ziploc bags by visiting your website? If anyone wants Ziploc bags from our lab, all they have to do is to send us a regular self-addressed stamped envelope to my lab, and we'll be more than happy to fill, you know, 10 or 20 bags in that envelope and send it back to you. Send it back to whoever wants it, and they can use that to send it. So we are providing this for free to all New Yorkers. Now, what percentage of the ticks that you receive are found to be carrying a pathogen? So, you know, between 35 and 40% of the ticks uh, carry at least one pathogen. And it, it is depending on the season, during the spring season, which is the, which is the highest that I would say nearly 45 to 50% of the ticks carry at least one disease-causing agent. Of that, the Lyme disease agent is the dominant factor. And so people would perhaps receive an email back telling them that they had this particular pathogen. So we, we send out uh, what type of tick it is and what life stage it is. And uh, do they carry a, di a disease-causing agent or not? If it is yes, then we provide the name of the pathogen. And then what determines if the pathogen has been transmitted to the person? Because just because you found it in the tick, does that mean that, it, that they got it? No, that's a very good point. Just because the tick that you send it to us was positive, it doesn't mean that you got that agent as well. So that need to be verified in a clinical setting with your primary care provider. But if a tick that carries, uh, if a tick that is positive from our testing, and if it stays attached on your human skin or in a pet skin for a, a good number of hours, that determines that what is the chance of someone getting a pathogen or not. So for example, for the Lyme disease agent, the tick needs to be attached on a human or a pet for at least 24 to 48 hours for the Borrelia to successfully transmit to a human. Uh, so that is a qualitative measure. So one need to know how long the tick stayed attached. It's very difficult to tell that. My advice to the public is that if they receive a, a result from us saying that it is positive for a particular agent, and if they thought that it was it stayed attached on the skin, for a good number of hours, they should take that information to the clinician and the clinician will make appropriate decision based on the information. So we are providing additional set of information for the clinician to make the differential diagnosis. Now, the protective measures we've talked about, you know, sound like kind of a lot of work, really. But I'd like to talk a little bit more about why it's important, because some of the diseases that can be transmitted, I mean, you mentioned Lyme disease. Um, what's the other one? Borrelia? Borrelia burgdorferi is the causative agent of Lyme disease. It is the bacterium that causes the Lyme disease. And then what are some of the other tick-transmitted diseases or pathogens that we should be aware of? Because you're, you're finding more than just Lyme, right? Exactly. The deer ticks that are most commonly present in, in our part of New York uh, carry multiple disease-causing agents. Uh, you know, the Lyme disease agent is the dominant one, followed by anaplasmosis agent and babesiosis, the agent Babesia microtype. Uh, these three are the major ones that we detect in our testing program. And they are acute febrile illnesses, um, you know, if detected early or uh, in a healthcare setting, they can be treated. However, if it is not detected early, yeah, it can have lifelong consequences as well. But again, if you find one of these pathogens and the person gets the report back from your lab, they can at least be alert to the common symptoms and exactly. develop them. Exactly. So what I advise to people is that if they, if they get the result from us to be, you know, a positive tick, I tell them, you know, 
watch out symptoms for the following 30 days. Do you develop a rash or fever or fatigue or a headache or muscle pain? If you have one of those symptoms within the first 30 days of a tick bite, I would then recommend them to visit their healthcare provider, take the tick result that came from the lab. It's, it is at the, up to the discretion of the healthcare provider to use our data or not, because we are not a clinically certified laboratory. We are a research laboratory, but uh, it is up to the discretion of healthcare provider. But it is important for them to actually monitor symptoms for at least 30 days for like an acute febrile illness. If they find, if they observe anything, then maybe they should visit the doctor immediately. We've talked a lot about the tick-borne diseases, but what mosquito-borne diseases do we need to be aware of or concerned about in central New York? There are two major things that we need to be concerned in central New York for mosquito-borne diseases, which is the most common one that everybody's aware of, is the West Nile virus uh, that causes West Nile encephalitis. The other important one that we should know about is the Eastern Equine Encephalitis virus, which is um, uh, which otherwise called as triple E virus. Uh, which is caused by Culicita melanora. Both the West Nile virus and the Tripoli uh, virus are transmitted by bird-feeding mosquitoes, and humans accidentally come in contact with those mosquitoes, and we get exposed and we succumb to the disease. But I must mention that um, both Tripoli and West Nile are neural invasive encephalitis viruses with deadly outcomes. And we don't have vaccine or any therapeutics. So not getting a mosquito bite is the only prevention at this time. It's the same thing with the tick-borne diseases. You know, minimizing the exposure is the only prevention we have at this time. And of course, with the mosquitoes, the mosquito bites and, and flies away or gets slapped if you if you smash it. There's nothing left to, to test, I guess, right? No, but uh, there is nothing less to test exactly. However, uh, county health uh, departments and state health departments, they collect mosquitoes uh, throughout the state and they monitor for rate of prevalence. So they do have a robust mosquito surveillance program that, uh, you know, county health departments are participating in. Well, Dr. Thangamani, once again, I thank you for making time for this interview. And I'll remind listeners that your, your website is nytix.org. Thank you. Appreciate it. My guest has been Dr. Saravanan Thangamani. He's a professor of microbiology at Upstate. The Informed Patient is a podcast covering health, science, and medicine brought to you by Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, and produced by Jim Howe. Find our archive of previous episodes at upstate.edu informed. This is your host, Amber Smith, thanking you for listening.